This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This week, MMWR published reports showing the importance of insect bite prevention, both here at home and abroad. Let's take a look at this week's headlines. First, a tick bite-associated allergy, known as alpha-gal syndrome, has become an emerging clinical and public health concern. However, many clinicians are unaware of the condition, how to diagnose it, and how to manage it. Next, travel-associated dengue cases continue to be reported in the U.S. Mosquito bite prevention is important when traveling to areas with dengue risk. Finally, a new study finds route of Impox vaccine administration had no negative impact on vaccine series completion across racial and ethnic groups. Welcome, I'm Charlotte Kent, Editor-in-Chief of CDC's Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Thanks for joining me for MMWR's weekly briefing for the week of July 24th. The first two reports examine alpha-gal syndrome, also known as AGS. AGS is a tick bite-associated allergic reaction to an oligosaccharide known as alpha-gal, found in most mammalian meat, dairy products, and some pharmaceutical products. Symptoms range from mild, such as rash or gastrointestinal upset, to severe, such as anaphylaxis. Onset typically occurs two or more hours after exposure to alpha-gal. In the United States, data suggests that the onset of the condition is primarily triggered by the bite of the lone star tick. Cases are most common in the southern, midwestern, and mid-Atlantic states. However, in the absence of national surveillance, the geographic distribution and number of cases are largely unknown. Between 2017 and 2022, there were more than 90,000 suspected cases of AGS documented in the United States. However, because diagnosis of AGS requires a test and clinical exam, some people may not get tested. Thus, it's estimated that as many as 450,000 people may have been affected by AGS since 2010. A survey of U.S. clinicians found that nearly half had never heard of AGS. About one-third were not confident in their ability to diagnose or manage it. The geographic range of the lone star tick is expected to expand. Clinicians should talk to their patients about protecting themselves from tick bites and encourage them to use EPA-registered insect repellents. They should also check their bodies, clothing, and gear for ticks after spending time outdoors. More research is needed to improve public health outreach and prevention. This includes surveillance, diagnostic testing, and education for clinicians in high-risk areas. The third report highlights travel-associated dengue cases in the United States. Dengue, a virus spread by mosquitoes, can be fatal without appropriate treatment. In the U.S., most dengue cases are associated with travel to areas with dengue risk. More than 7,500 travel-associated dengue cases were reported in the U.S. during 2010 through 2021. Most of the reported cases occurred among U.S. travelers returning from Asia, the Caribbean, and the Americas. 
Travelers to areas with a risk of dengue or other pathogens transmitted by mosquitoes, including Zika and malaria, should protect themselves from mosquito bites. For dengue, this includes using EPA-registered insect repellents, wearing loose-fitting, long-sleeve shirts and pants, and staying in places that have air conditioning or window and door screens. Clinicians should be familiar with its clinical presentation, testing, and management. Travelers returning from areas with dengue risk who seek care for acute onset of fever should be tested for dengue. The last report examines Impox vaccine series completion by route of vaccine administration. In August 2022, the FDA authorized the administration of the Genios Impux vaccine intradermally, or between the top layers of the skin. This is in addition to the previously authorized subcutaneous injection, or below the skin. Investigators analyzed California immunization registry data to determine whether vaccine injection method influenced vaccine series completion. People who received their first dose of the Impox vaccine intradermally were no less likely to complete the series than those who received the dose subcutaneously. This was true regardless of race and ethnicity or community health conditions. Clinicians should ensure patients understand the importance of receiving both doses of the Impox vaccine, regardless of vaccine injection method. That's all for this briefing. Thank you for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe to MMWR at cdc.gov MMWR to stay up to date on the latest scientific information. Stay safe and stay well. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.